0: A thing to do.
1: So okay. this is the second in what is going to be no doubt a long ongoing series of Carew Road stories told by the authors of the books, the books that no doubt you're going to want to own, we'll tell you how to get hold of them at the end of the podcast. But right now, I'm in conversation with Julian Detoy, who is the uh, partner, wife, best friend, and I suppose a uh, general manager of Chris and the Karoo Road series. Julie, it was a, such a pleasure being on the road with you too. That we thought this absolutely had to be shared far and wide in the form of a podcast, and this is it now. So without further ado, won't you launch into the story that we've come to hear today all about the hard times with faith, hope, and a slice of Karoo crumble have been overcome by people that you're close to?
0: Marvellous. Thank you so much, Dave. Yes, okay, so as we say, this is um, a story about overcoming terrible droughts with a bit of faith and hope and cheese and so on. Um, and the story starts in August of 2019 when the Williston Farmers Union held an emergency meeting about the drought, then grinding through its sixth merciless year in the Northern Cape. Our chairman said, OK, guys, now we've got to go out and we've got to bid for food. Drop your pride and go on social media, recounts local farmer Peter Skuman. His wife, Francie, was among the first to get word out on Facebook. People all over the country responded almost immediately. But Williston was not alone in its desperation. The whole Karoo was then in the grips of the worst drought in living and recorded memory. Instead of Karoo farmers feeding the rest of the country, they were now standing in line to accept food parcels from aid organizations. It was unprecedented. Farmers had cashed in their pensions, their savings, given up medical aid, had gone into debt to feed livestock, their families and their staff. School fees couldn't be paid. There were suicides. Organisations like Gift of the Givers were crisscrossing the country with fodder for livestock and food parcels and emergency water supplies for communities. In the summer of 2018 and 2019, when Williston's entire annual rainfall amounted to a paltry 11 millimetres, things reached a whole new level of awful. At the Williston Farmers Union, all we did was drought relief, recounts Peter. There was no time for anything else. Every Friday, we would get trucks delivering fodder like clockwork. The whole team of us would be there. Our wives were all involved. The farmers vehicles would be standing in a row just outside Williston on the Sutherland Road. We used to open with a prayer and the Dwemani would come and say something every time. Francie adds, The whole mood was so amazing because everyone was struggling together. It was just good to know we weren't alone. In the beginning, typical farmers, they would bring take turns to bring vorst. Everyone wants to be early in the queue so they can get going, so we braai a and the day begins with a nice chat. But the second and the third year, it just got quieter and quieter. What more is there to say? You're just waiting for rain. You believe this year is going to rain. Eventually, you don't listen to the predictions anymore. We'd go down to visit friends in Cape Town and they'd say, I've got a bag of clothing I've collected for Williston. Some friends of mine from school called and said they were coming to visit. They arrived with a bucky load and trailer with 40 bags of maize and lots of food. Enough for us to share with our neighbours. But eventually we felt the rain has got to come now. It felt like drought was all we stood for. Francie and Peter met in 2000. Both of them working on farms near Grayton in the Western Cape. She was learning how to make cheese. Peter was working with cows on a neighbouring dairy farm. I saw a beautiful girl running with her dogs on my farm road. I stopped and admired her beasts, then introduced myself as her neighbour. The plucky cheesemaker from Zimbabwe and the tall dairy farmer from the Karoo fell in love and married. They dreamt of running a boutique slow food cheesery, but where? Peter's family farm, Longbarken, south of Williston, turned out to be the most viable proposition, even though the farmhouse had been closed up for two years after his father's death. Longbarken straddles the Suck River, which rises in the Niverfelt Mountains near Beaufort West and flows north through Williston. The Suck is the Karoo's version of the Okavango, an ephemeral river delta that sinks underground long before reaching the sea. Only in times of sustained high rainfall is there running water, ending in a shallow lake that spreads and slowly sinks away into the sands north of Brunsley. Cheese-making friends came to advise them on the possibilities. With a dozen or more Jersey cows fed on Lucerne, grown on the banks of the, the Suck River, it seemed possible. So in 2010, with their young daughter Alana, the Skumans set up a farming enterprise that included hardy Dorper sheep out on the felt and a paddock full of doe-eyed dairy cows. Francis says, I'm lucky that Peter's family has been here for generations, Alana is the fifth, and that we have great neighbors. I feel like I've come home. I've returned to a place with the same values I grew up with in Zim, where people help one another. On the kitchen fridge, they scrawled their daily recipe for success. Twelve happy Jersey cows, one pristine Karoo farm, 250 liters of milk, plus Bouchtien, and Buda Macy, equals 25 kilograms of real cheese. Outside, in an old stone crawl, are the happy cows in question, with names like Marianne, Maggie, Clocks, Flue, Gussie, Bucky, Fetty, Carlin and Jackie. This historic farm is part of the terroir of this very special cheese, as central to it. As Peter's cows and Francie's skills. The beautifully constructed stone walls have stood so long because they were placed with local rain, wind and livestock needs in mind. In one roomy kraal, there are some pigs lurking in the muddy shade and living rather charmed lives. They eat the excess whey from the cheese making process. The corbeld building in front of Longbarkin's gracious farmstead, the one that appears on all their labels, must have been built after 1811. Explorer William Birchall, who passed through this area in that year and who wrote exquisitely detailed observations, doesn't mention or describe cobalt houses at all in his two-volume book, Travels in the Interior of Southern Africa. As for dairy products in the Karoo, all Birchall has to say on the subject is that very good soap and butter are bought from the Rochefeld and Sneuberg districts, but cheese is rarely made, the milk being thought too poor for that purpose. On the banks of the Zak River, as it is then known, Birchall stayed with felt-coordnet Gerrit Sneemann, living with his wife in a small two-roomed hut, as he describes, rudely thatched with reed and sedge. virtual writes somewhat disconsolately, very little corn being grown in the district, they are accustomed to live entirely on mutton. While I remained at the Sneiman's, they had three meals of mutton every day. The lack of cheese two centuries ago did not surprise Francie at all. She says, the temperatures are extreme in the Karoo, You need controlled and hygienic conditions to make and store cheese. We were there watching as she emptied a very precise amount of rennet and culture into 250 litres of fresh raw milk in the cheese room. Soon the curds began to form in a mystical process that would eventually result in wheels of their popular hard cheese called Karoo crumble, slowly matured over nine months. All Longbalkan cheese, named after their arid home region. Karoo Blue, Karoo Ash, Karoo Swift, Karoo Borsi, Karoo Sunset and Williston. Every week the courier comes to pick up loads of cheeses to send down to Cape Town, George and Johannesburg. This kept the Skuman supplied with a thin but constant trickle of income through the worst of their drought. The Inuits have 50 words for snow. Peru farmers must have a few dozen for rain. One of them is yalush Bayer or envy showers, which meteorologists would probably call highly localised downpours. They can be early signs that a drought is breaking. In December 2019, heavy yalush bayer fell on Longbarken and a few neighbouring farms. Jokes started doing the rounds. Some said they are also going to acquire some Jersey cows because they seem to bring a lot of luck. Others said no. Prayers for rain work better in English, says Francie ruefully. That was hard, not to celebrate when a large part of the community had not seen rain. Aid was still coming in via various organisations, but the most help came from fellow farmers in other parts of the country where rain had fallen, says Peter. Peter. It was also around that time that the Paul Stroydok Church, the oldest constantly functioning church in the country, began a project that would sweep South Africa in a tsunami of shoeboxes full of goodies. Called the Karoo Brufro Project, it was aimed at raising the spirits of women in the Williston district and a few other regions where simple luxuries had long since become unaffordable. Church groups and women's agricultural circles leapt in with enthusiasm. Soon, thousands of boxes of treats were being trucked tra- tra- around the country. Lani Lombard of Bartifal Farm near Craddock put her finger on it. It's a relief to give and to think of what someone else might need. Our farm is dry, but we're still all right for a while, I think. I just thought, what would I like to receive? These shoe boxes, locally dubbed box for a burro, were filled with whatever gifts the sender could afford. A pretty scarf, fragrant soap, hand cream, good coffee, a magazine, tins of pasta, tins of tuna, messages of support, and written prayers for rain and blessings. The boxes, wrapped in newsprint and decorated with ribbons, were sent off to farms on the other side of the country, usually via churches and co-ops. Today, I received a gift, a gift from another woman who wanted me to know that she cares and feels the pain of the drought with me," wrote Francie on her Facebook page. In many cases, those who sent boxes were astonished to later receive their own. Tracy Michal of Orange Grove Farm outside Craddock wrote, This is what I love about our country. In times of hardship, people stand together. It's not about what's in the box but more about humanity and a stranger acknowledging the hardships of our drought situation. In October 2021, the serious rains began to fall. The felt turned from black and grey to emerald green. By late November, the Suck River was running again, bank to bank. In December, Pranti posted videos of flooded roads, photographs of thickly grassed filth under sumptuously moist rain clouds. She updated her Facebook status to read. I just have to share this beauty. The Karoo is laughing and dancing.
1: For an insider's view on life in the Karoo, get the three-book special of Karoo Roads 1, Karoo Roads 2, and Karoo Roads 3 by Julianne DeToy and Chris Marais for only 760 rand, including courier costs in South Africa. For more details, contact Julie at julie at karoospace.co.za.